everybody. Welcome to Art Film Theater on Channel 51. Me <laughs> and my esteemed guest, noted critic Stephen Ronquillo, and film historian Carl Kafer will bring you the best in art every Sunday night. So here we go with our host. And this is Demon Ronquillo, right here. Say hello. Here we go. Hello, everybody, and thank you to Channel 51 for giving us this time to do this. Well, was it last week or the week? Yeah, last week, Philip Baker Hall died. And I keep hearing the same three goddamn movies. And okay. what three movies are they, Carl? Well, they have to, have to be uh, like uh, Heart Eight, Magnolia, and um, uh, what would be Boogie the Night. other one? Uh, Boogie, Boogie Night. Night. Yeah. 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 Which are good, but it just always amuses me that you notice when most of my generation write about it, they say, Philip Baker Hall came out of nowhere to do... <clears throat> Hard eight. <laughs> Not quite. No. Not quite. And this one of the film, finest. Go ahead. Go ahead, Carl. Well, one of the finest that we have. This this is a particular film that came out in 1985, I believe, 84. and it is 84. Okay. And it is very special. So we'll just say that, and then you can take it from there, Stephen. Yes, this is a story on the man on the verge of his greatest failure in life. felt like he's been kicked around uh, by his enemies, and we are watching him in his office in his final night on office. The man is Richard Nixon, and the night is the day before his uh, resignation speech. And go to Criterion if you don't like commercials. And thank, thank you to Criterion for as soon as Philip Baker Hall died putting up the whole Criterion Collection Special Edition of this, which has <clears throat> commentary, <laughs> short talk with Philip Baker Hall, some archival footage of uh, Richard Nixon, and what else, Mr. Caper, that I'm forgetting? Uh, to be honest, I haven't had a chance to check all the... Uh... Uh, check all of those out. So, so uh, if you have a complete list, please do so. I do want to but, mention very briefly, though, okay. that if you don't have the Criterion Channel, there is a version on YouTube that you can get to also. <laughs> the only cravat is this is one of Criterion's very, 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 very. Yes, I sound like an echo chamber. First title yes, that they ever put out. 
This is about number three, four, or five. I forget which. And um, for but some reason, this, they uh, go ahead, Carl. Didn't this come out in uh, 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 disc? Didn't this come out in disc? I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, like I said, this is one of the very first DVDs that Criterion put out. It's in the single digits. Right. But they uh, upgraded but what I was all their what, what other is what I was thinking. Laser discs. Yeah. Didn't this come out in laser discs on on yeah, Criterion? Laser mm-hmm. disc. Then they took the laser disc print and just up and just put it on the DVD. And for some reason, all of their other Altmans have been upgraded. Well, there's another one that's not been upgraded to Blu-ray. We might talk about that a different day, right, Carl? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. We'll we'll do that a different day. <laughs> but Carl kept nagging me and nagging me to watch this. So when I very first got the Criterion Channel, maybe last year during during the COVID spell, this was the first movie I watched on it. And well, we'll get into the movie now. So <laughs> get on zero 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 of the movie. And get ready to push play in 10, well, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, hit play. There we go. The Criterion, the criterion Collection. Count. We only upgrade movies that we think we can make money on. <laughs> Fucking the preacher, my ass. <laughs> I, I want to talk about this a little bit when I first saw this. I was in New York in the 80s, and uh, this came out in 84, as we said. And it was running at the Thalia, uh, which is an art house theater, along with a, a, a copy of the Checker speech, which uh, Nixon gave in 1960. Uh, but this, is, this actually blew me away. And to be honest, I did not know who Philip Baker Hall was before I saw this. But I will tell you right now, I consider this the best Nixon on cinema. Yeah. Cinematic I've ever seen. Period. And here comes the grain. In this entire room is where the whole movie takes place. And what what I like about it is this was based on a play, but it doesn't look like a play. Now, a lot of that has to do with uh, the fluid camera. Look at how this camera is. It's not like showing you. It's just gliding along, showing you different parts of it. And, and, and this is what he does. Showing you and that not, this is a full, complete room and not, I love that, a political myth. <laughs> but showing you the complete 360 of the room, showing you that this is not a play, you know. You're, you're sort of like in the wall watching it. You know, you know, you're invisible and you're watching it and he doesn't see you. And I love this, that the, the TV monitor screens are important. <laughs> yeah. And we'll get, we'll get to that later. 
I should say also that this particular play and the screenplay was co-written by Donald Freed, and Donald Freed was actually a member of Nixon's cabinet. So even though this is a political myth, even though this is a political myth, as they say, trust me, there's there's truth to this. Was he paid Not for this? Ways. Carl, was he yeah, paid for yeah. this? Oh, well, yeah. his name was Freed, so I didn't know if he got paid or not because of Freed. <laughs> Boo. Yeah, that was bad. So another thing is, is you've got Philip Baker Hall. He's doing this whole film, and it's all about Oh, His and posture. Stephen Altman, tell us who that is, Carl, the art director. That is uh, Robert Altman's son. This was actually filmed at the University of Michigan. <sighs> it was filmed on the cheap um, with a lot of these people were, were, were uh, students of the film, uh, film school there. And the the reason that Philip Baker Hall <laughs> is the star of this is because he starred as Nixon on stage. Yeah. And Altman saw it and said, I gotta do this. Shabazz Regal, the drink of gentlemen. Mm-hmm. And notice his first five minutes. No nothing's being said. But listen to the score. And he's showing you uh, the outline of the area that we're going to be in. Mm-hmm. But one he's of the things that a lot, of, a lot of people miss on this is, is the musical score. You just listen to oh, this throughout the film. Oh, it's absolutely fantastic. But like God I said, Bushnell he's making was, the room a character, you know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I there just wanted to say that. written by Donald Frieden, Arnold, Arnold Stone. Stone. So Scott Bushnell, I was just going to mention, was the producer <clears> on this. He worked with Altman all through the 80s into the 90s. Uh, this was during Altman's uh, um, expatriate uh, era where uh, – Popeye died, and then studios didn't want to have anything to do with him, so he did what he wanted. <laughs> and I love this because of symbolism right there. You oh, yeah. Know. But if you know your Nixon history, it's too late for that because he's already shot himself in the foot. <laughs> the tape recorder is there. Very important. Yeah, because that's what killed Nixon. The gun next mm-hmm. to the tape recorder. The two, the one thing that killed Nixon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so one of the rules. into the film, and not a word has been said. Not one word. It's all yeah. been, been camera work and, and, and his physical work. Well, Nixon did create an unofficial law among uh, 
wells, ne'er do wells, which is no phones. That was already there. That was because Huber loved the bug, and no recordings. Yep. One, two, three, four. I don't know why, and even Nixon didn't know why he was obsessed with that. He was obsessed with a lot. Yeah, but I'm just talking about the tape recording recording, you know. Well, it wasn't just tape recording. He had a political enemies list and had the FBI and and Hoover (laughs) just, you know, page after page after page of reports. He wanted to know everything. Well, not Hoover because he was the one who fired Hoover, remember? Oh, that's right. God. <laughs> yes, yes he... I got the wrong tape. And the fact is, I do know from being back then. (laughs) Sucker. There is humor here. This movie was rated R for language. Where is the redundancy in what he just said, Carl? <laughs> yeah, this is for eyes only, and it's only, you can only hear it with your ears. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. God damn This is classified presidential material. Okay, is so, so take a look to... how he's take a look out. How how he's making this cinematic by by going to the the TV monitor screens and so on and so forth. Well, that's the second thing that destroyed uh, Nixon's first run as president was the fact that JFK was a president made for TV and Nixon wasn't. No, he wasn't. The pauses. A bank, yeah. That's another thing. Uh, Nixon was involved in the whole Bay of Pigs mass. Yep. I love how confused he is here as a person to film it right here. 
But then he gets like deadly ice in control by the end of the movie. Well, that's because of the booze. One of the things here, think about being an actor. Think about being confused and how all those little pauses and that sort of thing has to add to the whole thing. Do you think that's easy? No. Exactly. It isn't. Right now, you're seeing a master class. You are seeing a fucking master class. Yeah. To forgive. To forgive. Fuck them. <laughs> I love the way he says fuck in this movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How do you like that? Breaking heart, tapping on the head. A be- be- <laughs> beating mind, tapping on his chest. That's an actor's like, choice. All this, all this is coming from from Phil Baker Hall. Yeah, of course we is do that know that he passed away. Wh- yeah, is that a subtle way of saying that Nixon didn't know his ass from a hole in the ground? <laughs> well, that's. God. Oh, he's get this is showing his paranoid side. Oh, absolutely. Well, an egotistical side, because look, he made sure all four. <laughs> Patriotic nightclub owner. Then it pones back to the gun. Yeah. Again. Talk about the cinematic, you know, his camera, Almond's camera, everything about this. If you knew the truth, like he's saying, you'd be laughing your ass off because so many jokes have just been told in the past three or four minutes. 
That patriotic nightclub owner. Okay, that explains a lot. He actually was a carnival. He was at a carnival. That's that's very true. Yeah, you can't never trust the carny. <laughs> you know who said that? Yeah. Uh, David no, fucking Friedman. Yeah. David Friedman. He said, difference between a normal thief and a carny is a carny will take your money out of your pocket with a smile on his face. Yep. This is just mesmerizing. I mean, how great was he live? How much was he better than this live? Or just it was a little different. It was a little different. I mean, he was really good. But what this movie, what this does, is in its cinematic sense, you get these close-ups and you get more of the movement and everything. The other yeah. thing I really like about his portrayal here is he may not look exactly like Nixon. But that voice is so close. Well, this is about Nixon's soul, not Nixon. Exactly. Soul. <laughs> hey! Yes, it was. <laughs> he has to read his bull- own bullshit to get his... uh. Uh, mind back clear. Yeah. Wow. He was all... Nixon was always so jealous that JFK was considered the first family of the U.S. and he tried to put forth his family as the first family of the U.S. You know, the, the interesting thing, too, is is you talk about his hatred of Kennedy. Wait until we get to Kissinger. <laughs> they couldn't stand each other. By the end, yeah, because Kissinger fucked him in the ass. Yeah. And don't forget, who else did, speaking of carnies, who else did he work with in the 50s, Nixon? Not sure. Tell me. To go with LGP, a gay man who was so homophobic that he personally Oh, oh Roy, Roy Cohn. Roy Cohn. Yeah. yeah. He, he was uh, Roy Cohn's secondhand man during uh, the McCarthy hearings. I think he liked the third-hand man, actually. But, yeah, he did work with with Cohen. Well, he was always there with him when uh, Cohen was uh, at the hearings. 
You know, whenever I watch this, and I, and I try to see it once Here every go. couple of years. Goddamn Kennedys. Yeah, let's be honest. Let's bring up a little fact that uh, Kennedy's first election was bought and paid for by Sam Giancana and his uh, business associates. And Kennedy pissed him off because. Yeah, Nixon made it easy because of Robert Kennedy. You know, as Attorney General. Robert was a prick. That's why no one's been able to figure out who hired Sirhan Sirhan because Robert was such a big prick that just narrowing down. (laughs) God. Face everything about this. You know, we were talking yeah. about how he was on stage, and I did get a chance to see him on stage. Um, really good. But this this just focuses more on his face, and you see the posture better and so on yeah. and so forth. When I saw him, I was at the back of the theater. So I wasn't, you know, I wasn't close up yeah. like this, right? And you can tell right here that uh, Nixon was comfortable in the 50s and 60s. But he couldn't handle the seventies. Well, actually, actually, you know what it was was his paranoia. That's what really killed him. Yeah, but you know what I, you know what I mean. No, but he's talking but it about how paranoia. great the fifties and sixties. Oh yeah, yeah, but 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 remember oh. this: even if you listen to this all the way without the commentary and just listen to all the stories in that. You know, not that this is true, but it's based on truth. Yeah. And the thing is, a lot of what they say, the background is very true. Okay? And so by when he lost the 1960 election, and was, <laughs> was close. Oh, that's funny. Who did but, that but joke, he, uh, he could, uh, that uh, Nixon had sex, he didn't fuck? Yep. No, I'm trying asking you, who was it that said that joke? I don't know. But he don't said know. he couldn't see Nixon fucking because his wife and his cloth Republican poke coat and all that. What's sad is nowadays, even with the Watergate stuff, Nixon would be elected in by these far, far right He's actually more liberal than what we have on the uh, on the agenda for for the Republican Party. Yeah, much liberal. At least Stevenson. Is that true? (laughs) I'm not sure about that one. Not sure about that one. Because Eisenhower was known as sort of a idiot. <laughs> That's the story of my life too, Carl. What about you? Yep. 
sold the Lincoln yeah. Grove and then <laughs> they, they found oil. oil on it. Yes, we should say, yeah, you're going to hear the N-word a couple times, kids. Square shooters. Yeah, I know a couple of square shooters, Carl. (laughs) I'm sure you do. Look at this. This is fucking amazing. Oh, uh, no. And this fuck freaking movie did not get mentioned in all of the rants about Philip Baker's Hall's best when he died. Yeah. So everyone seriously. who didn't mention this, okay, I'm going to say it. Fuck you. Look at this portrayal. This wasn't even considered for a fucking Oscar. Not even considered. <laughs> I love that. all that shit. Erase all that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Roberto's like the second character in this movie, and you never see the motherfucker. No. There were three charges of Yeah. If I ever did anything dirty, I'd want someone as loyal as, uh, what was his name that went to prison? Oh, well, Haldeman, Ehrlichman went to prison. Not Haldeman. The one that showed his loyalty to Nixon by lighting a lighter under his hand. Oh, uh, oh, 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 I know who you mean. Yeah. And I can't think of his name. But that's the kind of guy you want with you when Gordon you're doing Liddy. dirty. Gordon Liddy. Yeah, you want Gordon a Gordon Liddy. Liddy type when you're doing dirty shit, right, Carl? Yes, you do. <laughs> shit. <laughs> So one of the things that was mentioned when Philip Baker Hall died was his cameo or his one shot on Seinfeld. Now I don't, yeah. I'm not a Seinfeld fan, and I and I didn't really like, him, but he's so good as Bookman. And and one thing I did want to mention about that was if you like that that thing, the New York City Library, when they finally decided no late fees. They had a uh-huh. they had a letter posted uh, showing that they were letting Bookman uh, Lieutenant Bookman go uh, because his job was no longer needed, and they had that posted <laughs> on. All- no, seriously, that's true. It's still funny. 
Oh yeah, that's God, this is this is like going to a rock concert and seeing the drummer show up with forty drums, and then you watch yeah. him in his solo using all forty at once. Yeah. And they haven't upgraded this yet. No, they haven't. Uh, Criterion will do crap like loving basketball. (laughs) Practical liberalism. Mm -hmm. I should say that the Republican Party of the 1960s was a lot different than what the Republican Party is now. Just just want to make that clear. Though I will say this, that the, the person who really started the ball rolling in the conservative sense was uh, the 1964 uh, um, Republican uh, uh, nominee. Uh, oh, what's his name again? Not Rockefeller. Um, he's... Okay, hold on. I gotta do this. Oh, Bohemian Grove. Yep. That place is legendary. Goldwater. Goldwater. Very gold. Yeah, Goldwater. Who lost? That always amused me is that uh, Nixon would talk about, I went to all these places where all this fucking happened, but I didn't do any fucking. Right. Uh, um, The committee that he's talking about is not real. This is one of the things that's never been proven. And that was more or less something well, that they brought up here. Everything about Bohemian Grove has never been proven. No, it's never been proven. At the, at the most, it's just a bunch of rich Republicans going to network and just raise hell for a week. Yeah, uh, but but I wanted to make that clear that this whole Bohemian Grove has yeah. not been proven and is is basically. You know, freeds and, and stones ideas about what might have happened, right? So I wanted to make that clear for our viewers here. Yeah, that's one of the biggest myths ever. And I know, I bet it got a lot of uh, people to go to the Republican Party hoping to be invited to Bohemian Grove. And yes, Nixon did play football. He also played piano. He played piano too. And and, uh, actually, Philip Baker Hall had to learn a little bit of piano for this role. He's looking at us. I feel creepy. (laughs) (laughs) He has mommy issues, by the way. Just saying. Uh huh. Yeah, his mother abandoned him for about a little bit to take care of his brothers who were dying. 
Lincoln. Washington. The famous unfinished painting. Almost to Winchester County. (laughs) God. Which cracks me up because, uh, like I like I brought up earlier, he worked with Roy Cohen, but now he's trying to stress that, oh, no, all the people I hung around with weren't homos. Though I do know for a fact that if you called uh, Roy Cohen a homosexual, he'd gut you like a fish. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds like something your dad would say to you, Carl. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Well, to be honest, they wanted me in debate. They wanted me to be a lawyer. Can you imagine me as a fucking lawyer? (laughs) Yeah, ambulance chaser. No, I'd, I'd rather be a divorce, private eye. <laughs> yeah, you'd be a great divorce attorney. You have a lot of experience in it. But I'm bunked. Only one. Only one. Yeah. I love it that he can't bring up his Quaker. He can't bring together his Quaker upright bringing. With all the dirty shit that he did once he got into politics. Yeah. And there's really no plot to this. It's just not. No, it's just the ravings of. Yeah, it's just the ravings of a broken man. Mm hmm. East Coast. Hey, I know an East Coast <laughs> shit. There we go again. <laughs> Fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> He says the word fuck in this movie like some people stab someone with a knife. Oh, absolutely. That aggressive and fast. So one of the things I do have to say, since we're on to the fuck them, I read read an interview with Donald Freed. And somebody asked him about that, about the language that Uh Nixon used. Was it real? And he said, oh, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Haven't haven't you heard any of the Nixon tapes? Oh, yeah. Piss ant, motherfucker, fuck them, fuckers, and cocksuckers. Cocksuckers. Yeah. yeah. There's a couple cocksuckers in here. Probably fuck or cocksucker, one of the two. Well, the ones I just said, like I said. 
if he would have acted like this on the campaign trail, he'd be more. He would have been a lot, won a lot sooner. Yeah. No, they're not, princess. <laughs> Can you imagine trying to memorize this? Think about it. Can you? What he just said sums up my answer to your question. Okay. Shit. Oh, yeah, I had to memorize. I was in a play in high school. I had to memorize a two-page play. And I had to say it without fucking it up while the prop they gave me was not fucking working. (laughs) Yeah, welcome to the theater. Yeah, out of my mouth, the dialogue was coming out perfectly. Then my head, fuck, shit, fuck, goddamn motherfucker. Oh, there's the Bay of Pigs. Yeah. God, look at that face. And he's just, this this dialogue is just coming out <laughs> like a bullet, man. It's yeah. quick. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Shit We're at the shit section of the movie (laughs) And notice how much he's drinking Helen Gahagan Douglas, that's a story. He didn't. That's that's very true. Never do use your Catholic name. Now that's one thing about Kennedy a lot of people don't realize today. He was the first yeah. Catholic president and, and there was a lot of shit. A lot of that. people did vote for him because of that. They say, I don't want a fucking president that will answer to the Pope. Yeah. Burgers! <laughs> He's got a point. He did, too. (laughs) And there was a comedy album that came out about this time. 
When I mean oh, about this time is a setting in a movie called, what is it, Watergate, the musical, the comedy album? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, Watergate, the Millhouse story. Right. Now, now, let's talk about that for a second. So there is a movie that's based on that called No House. And it's by a director by uh, uh, the name of Emil Antonio, And that would be a perfect pairing to this. And it's something I would recommend for our audience to listen to and except to watch. That except that the album, don't search out the album because the album was as funny as a baby dying on Christmas Day. Yeah, yeah. Millhouse is... Um, hold on. Let me get here. I'll tell you about that in a second. I love the fact that the best thing that he did while in office... He's fucking pissed about and said that he shouldn't have done it. So, so there's a so the Millhouse you're talking about was actually yeah. before Watergate. The album came out in 1971, and the film came out in 1971. And basically, all uh, all he did was take. Uh, uh, newsreel footage and rare interviews and audio clips and put them together to show how, you know, dirty this man was. Yeah. The dirty tricks and tactics. And, and it's a great film. I'm, I think I'm one of the few people that have seen it. Uh, because yeah, I think at because, this point, it, uh, it's basically lost. Them. No, Mixon pulled some legal foo on that motherfucker and got both of them pulled from print. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's no question of that. None. None. I've never even seen it on the gray market. That was one of the films I was able to get when I was working the uh, 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 college uh, film society. Whoever gave it to you had ball had... Is a very trusting fucking soul. As well, much as that who fucking do you think gave it to me? Worth. That was Howard. Howard got that for me through his connection. I know. I'm talking about the connection himself. Cause that, yeah. Can you, cause can you imagine how much a print of that is worth? Oh, Jesus. Who the fuck knows, man? Yeah, and he let some stone-ass hippie motherfucker have it. No, no, uh, no. That, he was wait. Howard was not a was not a happy. I didn't mean Howard. Yeah. No, you meant me. I wasn't a happy either. Yes, you were. I've seen no, you do. No. You were. <laughs> no, I was Car- You George had Hill. the George Carlin back in the seventies. I have no, I didn't. put picture proof, motherfucker. I, I had to port. Too. I had to port mustache. I had to port mustache. That'll give you. No, you had the Carlin hairdo. You had the Carlin. <laughs> anyway, the back Saturday to Night the... Massacre was uh, when Nixon fired everyone who was investigating him. Mm-hmm. 
we almost came close to another one of those. Trust me. Yeah. And it probably would have gone as good for Trump as it did for Nixon. Yep. Yeah, let's be honest. Yeah, uh, even for conservative lifestyles, Nixon was what they considered nowadays a nerd, a square. That was where all the jokes come from about it, you know. You know, but, but think about this for a second. We're watching this film, and we're seeing this performance. What would you call this? <clears throat> would you call it a drama? Would you call it a comedy? What would you call this? It's That's a, a little good bit question. of both. <laughs> Fucking Washington. God. Okay, we talked about the art direction. Take a look at how the wood paneling, everything that they have here. Yeah. It's just so well done. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll give him that point. Yeah, I would too. Uh oh, there's a glitch. Have, uh, in case you want to know, he's not overreacting. Every fucking one of us have done this in the 80s when our TVs went on the fritz. Oh, yeah. Elvis was notorious for turning off TVs with a 44 Magnum. Yeah. Oh, and that's who gave him that pistol. Yeah, actually, there's a really good movie called Elvis uh, uh, Meets Nixon. And guess who who, uh, directed it? Who? Alan Arkish. Same guy who did Rock and Roll High School. And you know what movie I was expecting to be a hell of a lot better just because of its subject? What? Uh, Nixon Frost. Yeah, yeah, that that seemed too uh, inert. That's that was really inert for me. That was too. Look at the balls on David Frost. Yeah. I'm sorry. Anthony Hopkins, who I think is a really good actor, doesn't come close to Phil's paper paper ball. And the worst one, and the worst Nixon easy, oh, that's easy. All I got to say is Oliver fucking Stone. Oh, God. That was horribly cast, horribly acted, and too god dang long. Give me this one. This one is the gold standard of the Nixon movies. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. The I will tell you what I think the, 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 the most surreal Nixon that I've ever seen on screen. What? The one in Black Dynamite. 
<laughs> I'm gonna drop the end bomb on the ghetto. <laughs> God, look at that face. You know, Phil Baker Hall didn't start acting till he was thirty years old. And his last credit was two years ago. Two thousand twenty. This is one of his first starring roles. Yes. Agreed. Outer hiss. This is what I'm talking about. It was the late sixties, seventies, liberal press that fucked him. To me, that's the most dangerous thing to ever come out of Watergate. And that is, Watergate gave the press the power to take down a president. And have they used their power for good or evil since then? (laughs) I think it's it's chaotic neutral. I think they don't know what they're doing. Oh, they know what they're doing. They know they know who they want to sing and dance to, like uh, mm-hmm. Fox News, not or showing even CNN uh, on the Trump hearings. Yeah, oh, CNN is just as bad. You know, the thing I about remember, it is... I used to watch headline news because... That's what I used to watch. That's what I liked. Let's just stress it again. Walter Conkright spoiled us. Yeah. David Brinkley spoiled Henry us. Henry Asshole Kissinger. Yeah. Told you he hated Kissinger. <laughs> Henry Kissinger, I'm really missing you. Sorry. <laughs> I can't think of Henry Kissinger without that song by Monty Python. Hoover could have took down Kissinger easy with all of uh, was Ken, was Kissinger's proclivities for uh, female company. Yes, is that is that a delicate way to put it? Uh, basically, whores. Yes. <laughs> well, no, he fucked anything that moved whores, movie stars. So did everybody else. So did Kennedy. Please. What the actual fuck? <laughs> it's a, it's it's not panties. It's a handkerchief. It's his mom's okay, handkerchief. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> okay, I'm just saying. I know. Dear master. Now this this is all conjecture. This is not real here. Doesn't matter. Does he have mother issues? Good God.
Well, not, this movie is pretty much all conjecture, but yeah. he's using. Uh, Kissinger made fun of Nixon for doing this every day before they started their business. Yeah. Was it the 90s or the... Yeah, it was the 90s when Deep Throat finally uh, was exposed. No, it was the 2010s. Well, it's when the guy, when Halderman died. It was after that because because we didn't even know that until... Uh, I forget the guy's name. Halderman. <laughs> no, 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 no. Deep Throat yeah. was not Halderman. It was one of Nixon's guys that he's already yeah, mentioned. Yeah, hold in on, movie. I'll give it to you. Just a second. No, don't you fucking even try it. I'll cut you. It ain't that kind of party. Hobo steaks. Mark Felt. It was Mark, Mark Felt. Yeah, Mark Felt. Mark Felt. Yeah, he's mentioned him in this movie, hasn't he? Wait, who wrote no, I don't think... no, Okay, yeah. Don't. don't. Yeah, Mark Felt was uh, 30 years after he helped reporters to unravel the Watergate scandal. So if you think about it, that's like the 2000s. And the movie that took, that he took his code name from is having uh, anniversary screenings this year. Yes. Or master. Hey. He ain't over-exaggerating there. Look at the energy he has. I know. You know, just, you know, the whole idea is that he's drinking so much that he's losing it, right? Yeah. Can you imagine doing this and having that much energy and what you felt like after it was done and then repeat it the next day? Uh, this had a short shooting schedule. No, but I'm talking about the play. He was in the play for three months. Yeah. You know, the first run, and then I think he ah, did like a two. Or... another one. Yeah. <laughs> I am a Quaker, goddammit. Uh-oh, he hit his mom's Bible. See, he just looked up to heaven. See? Yeah. But that was always one of Nixon's problems is everyone considered him a square. And I think it's funny that most of the people that considered themselves worldly in the 70s turned out to be just as full of shit as the squares. Yeah. Fucking will save the world. No, it won't. It'll just be a good time. Amazing. Right here, you can tell he's what this is his breathe a uh, breathing space. Right. And you have to have breathing space in a play like this. You're you're the only person on stage. You're the only person. And notice yeah. that there's not a lot of edits here. I mean, there no, are. No, this is with, like 
this is invisible edits, but this is like one continuous shot. And the only time that they break away is to the monitors. Yeah, that was his first really big political thing with you, Act. Exactly. Bigger Chambers, man. He's the one. That, he he and uh and uh, Edward Murrow broke uh, McCarthyism. Yeah. And and yeah, if you McCarthy. want to know about that, hold on. If you want to know about that, a really good film that was directed by George Clooney called um, um, oh, what's the name of it? Um, I just had it. Good night and good luck. Good luck. Yeah. You need to see that. Uh, uh, he's gone fucking nuts. He's gone over the edge, Carl. Yep. He thinks it's the phone. <laughs> he can't say heart. No. Notice what's happening here. There's a camera that's off to the side that's showing his 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 hand movements on the monitor, but there's another camera focused on him. So you got two cameras going on at the same time, and he's yeah. not stopping. Yeah. And yeah, they did the same thing to uh, what's his name too. Good, uh, the guy who's in charge, guy who is behind. The guy who was the subject of Good Night, Good Luck. Yeah, Edward Murrow, yes. Yeah, they call Murrow and say, well, we can't prove that you're a communist, but we can prove that you know communists, and it will ruin your career if uh, mm-hmm. it's brought out in public. And he said, fine, go ahead. Yeah, fuck you. You know what really impresses me about this portrayal is the quiet moments. Where you see the regret and you see all that coming out just by how he's sitting, how he's reacting. How did Chambers die, Carl? I'm not. Uh, I'll, I'll. I can find that out if you give me a moment. I I do have that. Okay. Whitaker Chambers, basically known as a uh, a writer, editor, 
after early years as a Communist Party member and Soviet spy, defected from the Soviet underground, worked for Time magazine, mm-hmm. and then, hold on, and then uh, uh, testified about the Ware Group and what became the Hiss case for perjury, often referred to the trial of the century. Uh, now, how did he die? That's a good question. Give me a moment. I love this. He's saying that he regretted what he did to her. Yeah. And he's talking about Esther Schumann's, uh the wife of, of course, Whitaker. He died of a heart attack on July 9th, 1961 at his 300-acre farm in Westminster, Maryland. Westminster, Maryland, that was right near where I lived in Frederick. He had had several heart attacks beforehand. Yeah, this is tough. What he did yeah. to Helen Gangler was just nasty. It just seems like the Committee of 100 is a scapegoat for any shitty thing that he personally did. Exactly. And so, you know, that that is not real. Well, let me put it this way. It's not proven to be real. Yeah. Let's put it that way. There's no proof. <laughs> They rode that bitch like a motherfucker when it was at its best. Because they knew that they had a boogeyman that could scare the common folk. Exactly. That's the whole point. God. (laughs) <laughs> and this movie just buzzes by Oh yeah You know all that has to do With two people basically Phil Baker Hall And then how it's directed by Robert Allman Yeah God I watch this and I cannot understand for the life of me why why this was never ever even considered to be Oscar territory. Did it get any California showings? Uh, I'm sure it did. Absolutely. Did it get released during Oscar season, aka November to January? No, I don't think so. Let me let me check go. that. Okay. Secret honor. Hold on. Country like that. Okay, there it is. 1984. Come on, Iron Butt. Get it going. Right. 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 Right.
January, okay, release date. They don't have the American release date on IMDb. They had the French release date. So they pro- it probably didn't have probably didn't have the right window and the right Oscar campaign. AKA they didn't, they, they didn't even try an Oscar campaign. I can guarantee yeah. you that there was. They didn't campaign. grease the right palms. If you don't think that the Oscars are bought, oh, tell me about it. Of course, I know that. Amazing. Fuck. You know, one of the other things about this film that, and the play that that you see is by the end of this, you actually feel maybe just a touch of pity for him. Yeah. You do. Because if there's any real truth here that's being said, you know, you know, the idea that he had to be the hatchet man, which basically he was, but that he was forced to be that there, there's that possibility. We don't know that for sure. Yeah, and, you know? and like I said, he was a Quaker, so they was probably making fun of him behind his back. I know Kennedy was. Oh. That's the known fact. I bet his wife hasn't opened her legs since uh, before the marriage. No, they had two daughters. Yeah, but that was something that Kennedy said to him, to his brother, you know. Yeah, there was no love loss between them, trust me. And I've always said, what's the difference between Richard Nixon and every other president? Well, tell me. He got caught. Yeah. And let's be honest. Do we really want to know all the dirty business it takes to run this country? No, not really. Um, No. We want to know that the Marvel movies are beautiful, shiny, and have lots of action in them. But we don't want to know about all of the fucking work that takes into them. Yeah. Nixon's problem is if he would have been a president back in the 50s or 40s, he'll be considered one of the great ones. He was a president at the wrong fucking time for who he was. Mm-hmm. Yep, agreed.
I love this shot. And that's which, always a uh, rumor, too, that uh, Nixon was the one who sent Deep Throat to leak everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. I, I don't think that's true, though. I do not think that's true. Right just amazing just amazing seriously and what he means by barking is he was a barker carnival barker yeah Cover me for a minute. I'll be right back. Real many riches. This is what they call a butcher spill right here, where they would say this kind of bullshit to get you inside of uh, the carny thing. And I love it. His little yeah, he was basically Nixon was his mother's lap dog, always fighting for the scraps of her approval and never getting it. And it really does This is one of the really heartbreaking moments Because People like that Who are trying Always fighting for Someone's approval Will never get the approval That they want or need On the level that they need it on And they ultimately end up being destroyed inside because they always find out in the end that all of their work for said person's approval was for shit, for not. And if you notice right there, he just turned the camera away from himself. Yes. Because did he didn't that. want the camera to see him drinking. Mm hmm. Right now, instead of just uh, keeping the bottle, going to the bottle, he's got it with him. He's like, fuck it, I'm just going to drink. Well, you know, that's another thing to talk about this particular performance, that we talked about how quiet it was at the beginning. But as he drinks, you can see more and more of the effects of alcohol. Now, when this was done as a play, and I'm sure here, that's not real alcohol. So that's all acting. Oh, of course. And he's got it down pretty well. I have seen movies where motherfuckers be drinking all day, and that does not help with the performance. No. Fuck him. Fuck him. And he picked a horrible name for his reelection committee. 
<laughs> There's no way around it, is there, Carl? Okay, what was the name again? Creep. Yep. Committee to reelect the president. Creep. Yep. Oh my God. I mean, really, his legacy should be Nixon went to China and Nixon got us out of fucking Vietnam. Well, you know what? There is an opera Nixon in China. Yeah. Stick it with your dick. Stick with dick. No, stick it with di- stick with dick in 76. Yeah. They were talking about that, actually. Is he? T- is that his slogan, or them trying to tell women to uh, keep straight? No, I, I don't. I, I don't think so. <laughs> like I said, no. whoever brought up made slogans for poor Richard Nixon. Well, you know what? There's a great button that I had at one point, uh, and it was uh, a Democratic button, and it was Dick Nixon. Before he dicks us again. Yeah, Nixon was never mob endorsed. No. 74-75 was right before the old school mob really fell out of favor. Right. When you had all the boys arrested for heroin and drugs. Victory mandate. I can himself a defense. Yeah. Well, that's exactly what this is. He's trying to defend himself. Well, and that's that's part of why you feel for him, because you can you, you can sympathize in terms of someone like that trying to come up with a defense, and also you can see the effect that in this film what it has on. Him. Yeah. And so, as I said before, you actually can feel a little bit of pity for him. Yeah, that's the only thing that Oliver Stone really got right. The reason that we're in Vietnam for so long wasn't because we were dedicated to the war. It's there was too many people making too much money off the some bitch. Absolutely. Cho's secret honor. Yep. That's why this is named Secret Army. Public, public shame. Yeah. This is... It's kind of... It's really hard to write and act conversational dialogue, especially when mm-hmm. you don't have a wall to bounce off of. You know, remember we did that monologue show? 
Yeah. Uh, a while back, a couple years ago. You know, yeah. Three, four years ago. And, and, and I mentioned this. I said, I can't pick anything from this because it's one long monologue. Yeah, this is a lot. There was another mo- movie that was a one-man play about a president that was a lot more popular around the same time called Give Him Hell, Harry. And I Actually, thought that it was, was in the 70s. That was, that was 1975. That was a decade before. Okay, but still, that one was popular. This one... Man under the radar. the radar. Banished. Not not the Altman fans. We love this. And Phil, Phil Baker Hall fans. Yeah. Well, sorry, I just like. <laughs> so so you told the story. This, you told. It. Go ahead. You told the story of me telling you to watch this and watch this and watch this. And I know you said a little bit about your reaction, but can you give us a little more reaction? The first time you you watched this all the way through and you ended it, because we're getting to the end now, uh, just yeah. how it affected you. Well, it's just uh, his last monologue is just great. All the cops doomed time. But, but, huh? Yeah, but but what I'm saying is, what was your reaction? Were you like gobsmacked? You're you're, you know, or 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 what? I was sort of pissed off because I had to admit that you were right. But I <laughs> okay, I'll take that. I'll <laughs> take that. <laughs> Bullshit. Bullshit. Sin hated John Dean. If you listen to the Watergate tapes, he calls him that little prick. Yeah. Yeah, he sold his show for shit. Yeah, that was always Nixon's biggest weakness. Oh, yeah, that was a huge thing with Nixon. Yeah. Agnew was a fucking idiot. Yeah. Nixon in China.
Oh, and did you hear another person that he mentioned earlier? That goddamn yeah, Ivy League book, that goddamn Ivy League prick Bush stole the CIA? Yeah. That's why I would never fuck, of all the presidents, the one I wouldn't fuck with was Bush Sr. That motherfucker probably knew more ways to kill you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Personally, I, I wouldn't fuck with Cheney either. Yeah. And we're not talking about, we're talking about her father, not her. God, look at that. Okay, we're coming up on this last speech, and and we both mentioned it. Yeah. The way this movie ends is absolutely stunning. It is stunning. And he's, he can't even get up now. He's so drunk. Amazing stuff. Seriously. Yeah, very great. This oh, is a Philip Adifer Hall movie that should be remembered. Not saying that he was great in Magnolia. He was excellent in Boogie Nights and Hard Eight. I would really recommend Hard Eight. I really yeah. Would. But this is a goddamn master. Like you said, this is a goddamn masterwork. Yeah, it's a master class in acting. It seriously is. It seriously is. God. What a great portrayal. Seriously. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Just damn. Yeah. Oops. First time he takes off his coat and his tie. Yep. Yeah, do God damn. Yeah, Eisenhower, the only reason he won is because he fucked over uh, MacArthur. Yeah. And uh, Patton. No, we never think that. Would we? Yeah. No, that 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 was one of the things that that Freed absolutely, you know, verified, and that was sort of the whole idea of this play to show him in yeah. one of his drunken speeches. People weren't ready to see a sympathetic Nixon this early, and he is to a certain degree sympathetic in this. 
motherfucker. Sorry. No, just mother. <laughs> this is it. This is it. Telling you. This is it. If you aren't blown away by this at the end, something is wrong with you. Yeah, I always found that funny. Everybody in America yeah. talking about Buck Nixon. We ain't going to vote that prick back. And he won, like you said, with the biggest god, one of the biggest goddamn landslides in history. Yeah, absolutely. Fuck him! Here we Fuck go. him! Uh, Mr. Nixon, what about all the people that think that hard eight's better than this? Now, the difference between the play and this is he repeats it so many times because of the, uh, but, 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 uh, and, and the play, it's just once. God damn, it's already over. Yeah, it's over. The man's on screen for an hour and a half. Just damn. Yeah. Seriously, I remember seeing this in the theater, and I could not get up from my seat. I had to wait until the movie was all over in like three more minutes before I could even get strength enough in my legs to stand up. Well, this movie, well, these end credits tells the history of the play, not only the history of the movie's credits. Right. Amy Acklon, Peter Casey, Jim King, Cynthia Barkin, Saul Bassett, Chris Laxton, Michael Coleman, Deborah Lewis, John Cooper, Bruce Lightsey, Paul Devlin, Paul Mercurio. Filmed at the University of Mexican, Martha Cook Billing, Rosalie Moore, director. We have 23 minutes left before we hit the two-hour mark. So this is going to be a quick vote between me and Carl. What are we going to do? Uh, what do you mean, what are we going to do right now? Yeah. God damn it. I don't know. I, I, I think we should at least mention somebody else who passed away. Who? You know, uh, Jean-Louis Trignon. Jean-Louis Trignon. Yeah, we did one of him. We did his, one of his greatest movies. 
which was underseen at the time. At the time we did this, underseen. No, not so much. But now, I remember yeah. you, you know, you know, you talk about me badgering you to watch this. You badgered me to watch The Great Silence. And I'm so glad you did. Uh, turning y'all, uh, we just saw a, a movie where somebody was on screen for the whole time speaking. In The Great Silence, Trinity Yon's on screen for most of the time, and he's mute. He doesn't say a word. And so that's, yeah. you know, I mean. The Great Silence is the best movie where the director looked at his movie before that and said, oh, this is bullshit. I'm going to make what would really happen at the end of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Trinity Yon was was all over the place. I mean, you know, a man and a woman. He he did so the many films. The conformist. Uh, he when he really had his his run in the seventies and eighties, uh, it was basically art house and and uh, just really good stuff. I'm I'm getting him up now so we can. Yeah, uh, and talk I want to be very honest. When the Grand Silence came out, it didn't come out in the U.S. because, well, you have to go watch the commentary if you know the movie. The last 10 minutes of that movie is so dark and bleak that even in the 70s, in the U.S., there wasn't a distributor that would touch it. No. No. So if we go back a bit, okay, and we go into, you know, uh, The Great Silence is 1968, actually. Uh, yeah. But he's also, he's also in Les Bitches, which is a great film. Yeah, um, The Bitches. I mean, oh, yeah, My bitches. Night at Mods. Rumors, My, my Night at Mods. One of his moral uh, tales. Right. The Conformist. Uh, Jean uh, Bertolucci, right? Yeah, that's Bertolucci. Uh, now, one of the films I do want to mention, which is relatively recent, uh, is is Amour, which is Michael Haneke's film. Oh, and God, that, yeah. that 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 he doesn't have the showy role in that. Uh, uh, there is no such thing as a showy role in a Haneke film. Um, I disagree with that a little bit, but 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 nonetheless, it's uh, uh, it's uh, Emmanuel Riva who has the real role in that. She's just amazing. Yeah. But but Trinity is is so good as the husband who's watching his wife wither away because of uh, Alzheimer's. Uh, it's just an amazing film. And uh, I did want to mention, at least give a couple minutes to uh, mark the passing of, of Jean-Louis Tunignon. So there yeah, there you go. That's one I want to I mean, Night at Maud, uh, what is that one he did with Roy Scheider? Uh, I can't remember. I'm not sure. But I, that uh, one's interesting because Jean-Louis Tunignon 
starts out in a Jean-Louis Tijon action film. And then some bad shit happens, and he ends up being in an American 70s action film. Being chased by Roy Scheider is one of the most cold-blooded killers of movie history. Yeah. And he also did the sequel, A Man and a Woman, 20 years later. Which you want to avoid, by the way. Um, would that be cover-up? No, the something, the January, the November Man or something. Something Z. Oh, the November Man. Okay, that's right. Yeah, the okay. November Man, yeah. That is good. Yep. And uh, a man and so, a woman is one of those cult films for romantics. Yes, they do exist, people. I think it's only a cult film because people have forgotten it. Uh, at the time, it was huge. You know, it had yeah. Barbara, it had Deneuve, it had uh, Roger Vadim. It was huge. Yeah. Oh, it was a cult film for romantics back then. This was one of those films like, if you're romantic, the first cult film for romantics would be Two for the Road. Uh, I still might say, well, for romantics, Harold and Maude has to be up there, too. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, it is. I ain't fighting on that. But our generation's, well, my generation's cult romantic film would probably be the Before Trilogy. Yeah, which I, I, I love those. I know you have a problem with the third one, but, but I like the third one. I do think it's the weakest of the three, but nonetheless. Well, the reason it's the weakest of the three is it's pitch perfect for how most of my generation was at that age. And that means it hurts. (laughs) Yeah. But A Man and a Woman's a good film. The Conformist is a must-see. Yes. And how come they've never really done a box set of uh, Romer's moral films on uh, DVD or blue? I don't know why. I don't know why or Blu-ray. Yeah. I mean, I've seen some of the single films on there. Let's see, uh, Claire's Knee, uh, I'm Not at Mods. I'm trying to but, think of but some I of will the other. Yeah. For, for for our audience, I think, if you've it's never the seen the great – Oh, hold on. I know. But for our audience, uh, I would really recommend uh, The Great Silence. If it would have come out in the seven, when it came out in the early seventies, it would have been an art film staple. Yeah, I agree. There's no, there's no doubt about it, because it really was the anti-western in its look. Instead of dirt, it was snow. Right. It was all white, you know. Instead of sweaty western towns, which was the western staple, it was cold. But this is just such a great, 
great movie. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So any final thoughts on... Well, there's no uh, final word. Let's see how much... Let's see. There's 14 minutes left. This, if you have your way, watch this on YouTube or the Criterion channel. You will not waste your time. It will not be a waste of time. Especially if you love Philip Baker Hall. I mean... He has a so, great so entrance before, in Boogie Nights, too. Oh, absolutely. With the, uh, I mean, the perfect song, too. When he walks in the movie, it's like, drive a seat. And then he, or is that not, or is that someone else? Uh, or is he the guy that gets bust, causes everything that goes to shit? Phil no, it's not just he, Riley. No. No, I know it is I'm Philip Baker Hall. Yeah. Okay, so just to give you an idea of some of the things that we recommend that we have not talked about uh, with Philip Baker Hall, and I'm going back quite a ways and working my way up. Okay, so what do you think Philip Baker Hall's first movie was? First I don't know. Movie credit. I don't know what was. Sabrisky Point. Sabrisky Point. He played the diner owner. I'm sorry. Okay, well. Okay. Then he, then you know, he, he's in a bunch of TV stuff like Mash and all over the place. He has an uncredited part in Coma. Um, one of the first things that I saw him in. One of the first things I saw him in. He had a small role in um, The Man with Bogart's Face, which I remember seeing. That's, that's uh, really a, getting obscure. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm just saying, I remember it. Uh, but this was really the first film where I was introduced to him. And then if you go yeah. past Secret Honor, uh, uh, he's in 3 O'Clock High. He's a detective in 3. He's in uh, Midnight Run. Yeah, okay. I remember. Say, oh, uh, say anything. Ghostbusters mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, he had a, uh, a run on the uh, run on Falcon Crest. Uh, you know, lots of TV, lots of TV, uh, and you get into. Uh, Eye for an Eye, he was in Hard Eight, right before Hard Eight. Uh, he's in The Rock. He, he's uncredited, but he's in The Rock. Uh, Air Force One, Boogie mm-hmm. Nights, of course. Yeah. You know, the Truman Show, Rush Hour. He was Captain Steele yeah. in Rush Hour. Yeah. Psycho. Mm-hmm. That's the remake, of course. Um, the Insider. That's one we have not mentioned. Watch The Insider. He plays the Is that uh, the man Daniel. film? Yeah, that's the man film, the Michael Mann film about uh, about the uh, tobacco industry. It's a great film. Well, it's a great American tradition to piss on a whistleblower. Because yeah. what, what are we taught from little kids? 
you keep your mouth shut. Yeah, don't snitch. Yep. And if you're you know, telling uh, your brothers for doing something they say, your mama and daddy says, oh, don't be a tattletale. Yeah, that's true. You know, keeping on, of course, Magnolia, he's in the talented Mr. Ripley, Rules of Engagement, The Contender. Seriously, that's a run. The talented Mr. Ripley was sort of disappointing. Yeah, but he was really good in it. Oh, yeah, he was really good. Oh, and by the way, I have to say something here. Another movie that you need to watch, and it may be a stretch for some of you, but it is LGBTQ month. Uh, Die, Mommy, Die. Oh, anything that, well, if you're looking for a great, campy cult film for LGBT month, Watch All About Evil that's just popped up on uh, Shudder. Mm-hmm. And Die, Mommy, Die is by Charles Bush, who is a uh, yeah. uh, a gay man uh, who also loves to dress up in women's clothes. And uh, that also has an attachment we own in it. So, yeah. Yeah, you, you need to check that out. Die, Mommy, Die, and he's and, great in it. He's, and he did, uh, what was it, Beach Blanket Massacre? Yes. That one's good, too. But All About Evil is just great, isn't it, Carl? Yes, it is. Uh, we should probably do a watch of that sometime. But one thing yeah. I do want to say, keeping keeping on with Philip Baker Hall, he was in Bruce Almighty. He was in Dogville. You know, I mean, just he's all over the place. The matter. Dogville is, tries too hard. Yeah. By the way, Zodiac. He's great in fucking Zodiac. Yeah, but that movie's just TD, TDL. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Well, I've got no, I had uh, the director's cut, which has now, which has about twenty minutes worth of. Superfluous footage. So, so but at least he's also it has, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. At least the 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 director's cut of Zodiac has the intermission that Fincher intended. Mm-hmm. True, true. Just finishing up Phil Baker Hall. Uh, he was Judge Julius Hoffman in Chicago Eight, which you should see. Mr. Popper's Penguins. Uh, Which know. is one of Carl's favorites. <laughs> Not particularly, but, but he's good at oh, it. Oh, you wax rhapsodic about the penguin. Squeezing <laughs> the penguins and then pooping in the toilet scene. You no, no, my favorite is far to the penguins, but that's beside the point. And he <laughs> just finished up a run on Messiah, the TV series. Yeah. So that was the last thing he did in 2020. He's so, another one I'm so, surprised never worked with Tarantino. Yeah, I'm surprised at that too, actually. But 90 years old, that's quite a run, my friend. That's yeah, quite a run. well, he was, you could tell that he was in his 40s when he did uh, Secret Honor. Yeah. Yeah. And look at the energy he expounded in that. Oh my God! I mean, really? He was up. I mean, I'm impressed because 
He was going to 11 the whole time. Well, except at the beginning, right? That whole beginning where he's quiet. Yeah. But then after that, when he starts drinking, it goes all crazy. Energy. And the reason that we started this, well, I did, is so that we could find a way to <laughs> delve into... Y'all know that I love my horror films, my exploitation, my sleaze, sci-fi. But I've never found the vehicle to really expound on my love of the art film. Well, if you was a true VCR kid of the 80s, you got to taste all of the fruit on the tree. Right. Very true. Very true. And, yeah, whenever we want to do a real art film, we'll do it right here. Sounds and I good hope to me. Fans enjoy it. Um, yeah, I do too. And certainly this is our nod to how uh, remembering Philip Baker Hall, a great character actor. So, so and we someone to do that. else since it's uh, Monster Bash weekend. This is like Pittsburgh legend. Everybody knows that Chili Billy did uh, the rest on Saturday. He did the wrestling at ten. Uh, the news, the weather at eleven, and what famous show did he do at eleven thirty on Saturday night? Killer Theater Man Theater. But what most I grew people up don't, with yeah. But what most people don't know is that on Sunday night at eleven o'clock for one season, one year, you can look up the listing for it to find the full listing. He had a show. He didn't host it. It just said, "Welcome to Art Film Theater on Sundays," on whatever channel he was on. And he would it, go ahead. I think it was the NBC uh, affiliate. I forget what yeah. channel it was, though. But some of the films that he's shown were Yojimbo, Sanjuro, The Seven Samurai, The Seven Seal. I mean, it really was art film theater. Back before art films were really accepted by the mainstream public, which is probably why it only lasted one season. But bless yep. him for trying. Right, mm-hmm. Carl? Absolutely. Absolutely. So at this point, I think we should mention, since we're getting near the end here, uh, what we're going to be doing on Tuesday. So uh, talk about Taylor's that. horror time. Okay. First. What? Well, we're recording it on Tuesday. It'll probably be up either Wednesday or Friday night. I'm not sure yet. Okay. Carl, what do you have going this week on the Leviant Dijon? Leviant Dijon. Dijon Great boot. To be honest, I have not been. Uh, 
at my top of the game because of a certain illness I've been I have. A bad Carl. <laughs> I've been a bad Carl. Uh, but uh, but we do have some things planned, but nothing is set in stone yet. Uh, nothing is set in stone, so I don't really have anything going on at this point. Uh, um, so why don't we talk about what's going on on Tuesday that you're well, going now? This week and then I'll say something the where you're Drive-in. We're going to be starting, like I said, the two-week Joe R. Lansdale retrospective with Cold in July, which was Jim Mickles' show before he got the nod to do what's going to be our second week here and our LGBT week on uh, the Starlight Drive-In. This one's going to be on... Well, well, you're doing doing Bubba Hotep on Starlight, No, I looked. It's not uh, available. Oh, okay. It's not even on any, you know. I might be able to find it. I have my yeah, wife. Yeah, but you know what I mean. Okay. We are going to be doing here uh, Cold of July, which is set in 1989 in East Texas. So the week after that, and for LGBT, we're going to be doing the first two episodes of Jim Bickle's follow-up, Happen Later Season 1. Yep. And we're very happy to do that. We're all big fans of, of Joe Ansel. And our special guest on these two shows is going to be my co-host. So Miss Rachel Elaine will be joining us for both of these. Yeah, and she hasn't seen too. Cold in July. No, she has not seen Cold in July. I told her to be a uh, virgin on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Just because I wanted reactions when uh, the movie moves into Joe R. Lansdale territory. Absolutely. And boy, does it ever. <laughs> Good yeah, Lord. Yeah, with a big-ass Cadillac with steer horns named Bad Bitch. Oh, I can't wait to see her reaction to that entrance. Yeah, when oh, the Bad Bitch comes on screen, then things move straight into Joe R. Lansdale territory. Yeah. And we love Joe. And all we we'll say about Cold in July <laughs> is it stars Philip Baker, uh, Philip C. Hall from uh, Dexter fame uh, as a homeowner who, when someone breaks into his house, he gets scared and accidentally shoots the guy. And it's what happens after that is the story. And Damn to good quote, film. Yeah, and to put a quote for Sweeney Todd, another – oh, we'll get into this afterwards. Uh, that's the tale, and I'm sure that we don't want to ruin it, as they say. No, we don't. Uh, I do have one thing that is happening on Deviant Legion that is scheduled at this point, and yeah. that is the Cathode Ray Mission, which is on the 24th, Friday, uh, 
Adam Perens is going to be doing a deep dive into the miniseries The Pacific, okay, which is the uh, uh, Band of Brothers sequel. Okay, so, oh. so they're going to be talking about that. Well, I've that's what Adam does. That Bra- I know. I just always thought that Band of Brothers in the Pacific, okay, but they're overrated. Well, you could always call in and tell them that. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I don't really know them, so so don't I don't want to put a knife. Why don't you just say, Steve? Just put a knife to your throat and cut it. <laughs> uh, no, you don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You don't want to do that. Trust me. When it comes uh, to Adam right. and his opinions on TV, don't cross. But the reason I didn't mention Spencer Sweeney Todd is that. How come it is, this is the final question to go with the Philip Baker Hanstein honor just to end this. How come it's so damn hard to translate a play into a film? Well, you know, one of the things is the staging, okay? A play is is basically staged on a proscenium arch, okay? And so you're looking at it straight on. The beauty of what we just saw, and we did mention it several times, is the camera work, the fluid camera work, which was very, very much an open specific thing that he did. I mean, in yeah. the long, long goodbye, the camera never stops moving, ever. Okay, now that's not that's not the case here. He does stop the camera. I've never seen a static Altman shot. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't happen often. Once in a great, great while it does, but not often. But that's one of the reasons that this works so well. And we've said this, that, that basically this is a partnership between Phil Baker Hall and Robert Altman. And it is. And then, of course, My all the people that work for Altman. plays the films is uh, one that started as a play, and then became a movie, but then became a musical, and that is Kiss of the Spider Woman. Right. And that is another one that's pretty much a two-man play set in an enclosed space. Of course, I would never, I don't like most of uh, uh the guy did Beetlejuice, uh, Tim Burton's film. But I would be right. the first to say that he knocked the part, knocked Sweeney Todd out of the park. Yep. Oh, I agree with that. I agree with that. Uh, now, and the funny thing is, if I talk about my favorite plays to films, guess what? Two of them are by Altman. Okay. What's the second? Come back to the five and dime, Jimmy Dean, Jimmy Dean. Yeah. Which I also saw on Broadway. (laughs) But this period of time in the 80s, he basically (coughs) did did plays and put in the film. He did uh, come back to the five and dime, Jimmy Dean, Jimmy Dean. Streamers, Secret Honor, uh, and Beyond Streamers Therapy. Streamers is which another I good one. Streamers is a good one. But you mentioned one earlier 
that I really, really like, and that's giving Hell Harry. I like you that like it one better too. than I do. Well, I like Whitmore. I think that's a great, great uh, uh, role for him. And, and I did. And it, yeah, and we didn't get into it in the why that they would end the picture with Phil, end the story with Philip Baker Hall going, fuck him, fuck him, fuck him, is that when you do a play, when you do a movie, you're playing towards the front row. You're playing towards the front row. But when you're in a play, you have to act to the back row. Exactly. Exactly. And I did mention that in the play, it's just one fuck em. It's not all of them. And he was able to do that because of the the uh, uh, TV monitors. Yeah. And make it cinematic. And that's one thing about Altman is, is he makes his films so cinematic. Um, you know, uh, but there are so many out there. Um you know, and we're not talking musicals either. You know, we're talking straight plays here. Because there were musicals. Musicals are easy to translate into uh, movies yeah. because of spectacle. You know, another one that's really good that Altman did that we forgot is Fool for Love. And that was a play also. Yeah, and that also stars the guy that's in Cold in July, which we're going to be watching, which is going to be playing at the Starlight this week. Absolutely. Sam We're going to record that on Tuesday. And that's really a compliment to Cold in July because Sam Shepard rarely at, didn't act in things that wasn't his work. Mm-hmm. Nicholas said yeah. that he was surprised he got Sam Shepard because, like I said, Sam Shepard rarely appeared in things that wasn't his work. Mm-hmm. Not that he didn't, but it wasn't it wasn't common. It wasn't common. Yeah. I said rarely. Okay, not. okay, Stephen, I, I need to run because I need to get on yeah, to the show. We're all summed up. When he says he gotta get on the show, that means he's gonna be sitting on the toilet for an hour going, huh? Oh, eh. <laughs> no, no, no. I I I'm not straining on the toilet. Let's just say that <laughs> and leave it at that. Okay. Talk to you later. Okay. Good night, everybody. Right. And thank you for Good listening. Good night. And thank you very much. Thank you very much, Stephen, for having me on. Really appreciate it. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Good night, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. Good night, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. I hate to leave you, but. I really must say Oh, good night, sweetheart Good night Good night, sweetheart Well, it's time to go Good night, sweetheart I would like to say that Art Film Theater was Sponsored by a donation from the Victoria Love Foundation. The Victoria Love Foundation, supporting the arts all the way through the years. And thank you very much, and try to show up next time. Good night.